Welcome to the Directions Mag podcast. We're honored to bring you this valuable resource back to you as we celebrate our 20th year in the geospatial community. Read more at directionsmag.com. Hey, thank you very much. I am excited to be here and uh, I have a few stories to tell, so I think we'll just jump right into it. So I was recently in Denver attending the AUVSI Exponential Conference. It was a mind-blowing event. There were 8,000 attendees and over 650 vendors out on the vendor floor. They had unmanned aircraft systems, unmanned ground systems, unmanned underwater systems. Really, I just wanted to take home a sample of each. It was just fantastic. And I'll actually talk about more uh, more about this later. So one thing that I did love about Denver was that there was art everywhere that you looked. It was just incredible. And this was a mural that I found on my first day walking to the conference center. And it inspired me so much that I felt I needed to sort of start out our conversation with this. If you look closely at our name tag, it says, hello, my name is awesome. And when I thought about the questions that we're going to actually talk about here about women and the drone industry, this girl portrayed on the mural is like exactly the kind of young woman that I hope the future holds for the drone industry. And so much so that I resolved to write this on all my future stick on name tags. So one of the reasons that I'm speaking here today is because I was watching all the previous drones flying free webinars and it just happened to be that all the panelists were guys. So during one of them, I texted in a question to Barbary that simply said, where are the women? And all of a sudden, uh, here I am. So that was quite the adventure. So I work um, as a stewardship coordinator and a GIS specialist at the Wells Reserve in Wells, Maine. And I've been there for almost 20 years. And in that time, I've seen a huge change, not only in the geospatial industry, but in technology in general. Just think about 20 years ago, what we didn't have for technology and what we do now. So the Wells Reserve is one of 29 national estuarine research reserves located around the US and in Puerto Rico. And these reserves are part of a NOAA state partnership. And the real goal is to ensure healthy coastal habitats and thriving coastal communities. And one of my main goals working at the reserve is to bring UAS technology into the natural resource management field. And I've been making pretty good headway within the reserve system with 29 of us in the past few years. Also during those past couple decades, I had a career as a combat weather forecaster for the Massachusetts Air National Guard. And I was deployed to Tikrit, Iraq for a year in 2005. My time spent in Iraq is a whole other story in itself, being an environmentalist in the middle of a war zone. But really, I learned a lot about aviation support and a whole bunch of other stuff that came in really handy when I became interested in drones. 
So in 2012, and I know that seems like forever ago in the drone industry, but really six years we're talking. So in 2012, there started to be these rumors about civilian uses of drones, which before was really a military tool. And it seemed at that time there was this collision of worlds happening with aviation and photography, mapping and software, recreational flying. It all seemed to be morphing into this new kind of industry. So since I really loved photography and I knew a few, a few things about aviation and I was an environmentalist, it seemed meant to be that I was going to jump on this bandwagon and start a drone company with another woman veteran, my business partner, Allegra Rosler. So like every other UAS startup that's arisen in the past few years, New England UAV has really struggled to find our niche in this wide open industry. And I know that a lot of companies are, are um, struggling with that same thing. So where we landed as a company was helping colleges and universities integrate UAS curriculum into their already existing programs. So my particular interest, again, is bringing UAS technology into the natural resource and environmental sciences field. And I'm fortunate enough to currently to partner with Unity College up in Unity, Maine, to teach an eight-week fully online course that focuses on drone technology in the environment. So in the course, the students will be flying training drones and learning to create policies and procedures just as if they were in a commercial operation. They'll also be studying Part 107 regulations to get them going on their path to getting their remote pilot's license. And we're also studying use cases every week where drones are being used in environmental sciences. So I'm really excited about this course. So when I started to investigate the question, where are women in the drone industry, I decided that we needed to take a step back and ask a different question. Where are women in aviation? So in 2010, David Eisen from Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University produced a paper in the Journal of Aviation, Aerospace Education and Research and it investigated this very question. So what he did was he began looking at college and university aviation programs as a pipeline for industry, uh, for a pipeline for the aviation industry. So it would produce um, pilots and maintenance crews for the aviation industry. And I thought that was really similar to what community colleges and universities are trying to do now is to create students in a pipeline that would work towards workforce development. What he found in his survey was that women made up about 10% of the student enrollment in the aviation programs and women faculty within those programs was even smaller, less than 8%. But then I decided that I needed to research an actually different question. And that was, where are the women in STEM? So science, technology, engineering, and math. And this is really a basic underlying question for any of the STEM um, 
um, jobs that people could have in the future. And this discussion about STEMs has been around for a long time. The need for more technical education began to appear in the 1950s, but the term STEM sort of start, started first being used in the 90s. So in 2011, a woman named Marie-Lynn Germain used the aviation industry again to illustrate a study on women employed in male-dominated industries. And what happened was she identified several barriers, including lack of acceptance within the field, high personal self-judgment in women, lack of support from society and families, and the continued stereotype at that time that men were better in technical fields than women. And then I started to find these great organizations whose mission was to promote girls and women in STEM careers. And one of these that I particularly liked from an organizational point of view was an organization in Australia called She Flies. And their focus is on gender equality in STEM careers. The full name for the organization is She Flies Because She Can. And I really think that is awesome. I particularly like this quote from their website. She Flies generates conversations around gender equality in STEM using the world of drones to inspire and provide a platform for change to occur. So here we have STEM education programs and drone education programs mixed together, and it really does seem to be a match made in heaven. Now we return back to the original question, which was where are women in the drone industry? And we see, these kinds of graphs and they sort of paint a discouraging picture. So in this particular one, the women are the four little airplanes at top and then the rest of them are men. And so I really decided that it isn't about the question, where are women in the drone industry? Drone industry. It's really about the answer. And the answer is we are right here. We are all over the place and we are growing. And today, we make up 50% of this panel. So I am really excited. Amazingly enough, at the Exponential Conference, I met women and some men from She Flies, Dark Drones, and Women in Drones. And Women in Drones in particular has great research about the women demographic in um, the UAS industry. And they provided me some really hard facts about women remote pilots. So first of all, there are almost 3,500 of us right here in the United States. And our numbers are growing every day. And the number of rising stars in their 20s and 30s is really significant. They make up almost half of us. And they are the ones that will carry this conversation forward into who knows what the industry will be like in 10 years or even five years for that matter. 
But these women right here, these six women, they're the ladies that I would really love to have lunch with. I would really like to know their story. So as I said, I was fortunate enough to be able to attend this year's conference, and I went to start conversations about all kinds of things. And particularly, I wanted to start out conversations with other women in the industry. So generating conversations is the key to solving any issue. And there were a lot of conversations going on at the conference everywhere, everywhere you looked. But in this particular section, Women in Diversity and Robotics, it was sort of like speed dating in that every 15 minutes we got up and rotated around a table to engage in a different conversation. And the conversations at one table was building a list of women that could speak at technical conferences. The discussion at another table was about advancing women and girls in STEM industries. And Abby actually led a discussion about building a list of supporting roles other than remote pilots that women could be in and just the, these kinds of statistics were just not being captured. So we're talking about maintenance, research and development, marketing, education. I think she came up with several hundred careers that are involved in one way or another in the drone industry that are not be recorded like um, the remote pilot numbers. So all of these discussions centered around important information that today is not being identified or researched about women's role in the drone industry. And I think it, it hampers our ability to tell a full story. So I think that's somewhere, one way that we can move forward. So like I said, I had a great time out on the vendor floor. I talked with all kinds of people and really wanted to bring home one of everything. It was just so interesting to see the diversity of unmanned uh, vehicles out there. But I was, what I was particularly interested in is talking with women vendors and just finding out their stories. So for instance, this woman's company provides emergency parachutes for drones. Her parents emigrated to the United States when she was very young, and now she lives in Israel and works in the drone industry. Conversations need to extend far and wide, and we are right here, but we have a long way to go. In some places, women are just now being allowed to drive cars, never mind fly drones. So here are some practical ideas about help, helping to grow strong, confident women in manned aviation, in STEM careers, and in the drone industry in particular. Supporting girls in STEM programs is a huge step forward. One thing that we're finding out is that about the age of eight or nine, Girls in mixed gender technology classes are very self-aware in the presence of boys and they don't want to appear geeky and they are really sensitive about failing. 
But if you take those same girls and you put them into an all-girl course, they are much more confident and much more adventurous. Another thing is that some girls appear to have an underdeveloped spatial awareness. And we think that's just because of the way they were brought up, the toys that they played with, you know, like getting them started in Legos and things like that. But this is an easy fix for this, for getting them involved in the drone courses. This really helps build their spatial awareness. And other activities that helps this is like playing in sports or getting them involved in any kind of engineering. Two more important items are having women role models for young girls and having women mentorship programs. And finally, probably the most important is to keep the conversation going. So I am incredibly grateful for this opportunity to present at this webinar. And I want to thank uh, the sponsors for having me here and letting me have this conversation, even though it's sort of one-sided. But if you would like to continue this conversation with me, I've listed my contact information here.